um, is running for Congress to replace Nita Lowy. And so far, um, we've had only Democrats on the show, some of whom uh, portrayed themselves very well, a couple of them who came across as not really credible candidates. But today we have with us a woman from Rockland County, Yehudas Gottesfeld, who is running as a Republican. Now, we haven't had a Republican representative from this district, if I'm not mistaken, uh, since Ogden Reed, who was a very, very long time ago. I was a teenager when Ogden Reed was the Congress member. So welcome, Yehudas. How are you today? Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So, Yehudas, um, you're running for a congressional seat that hasn't been held by a Republican since I believe either the late 60s or early 70s. And uh, you, you have among the lowest name recognition of anyone running from the race. And you're also from Rockland County, which is dwarfed by Westchester's uh, numbers. How do you think you have a path to victory? Yeah, I mean, Rockland County is, you know, 45% of the district and Westchester is about 55. Um, but I think there's... Uh, the district is, we've had Republican county executives, you know, we still have one in Rockland. Um, and it's one of those areas where I believe that it's, you know, it's really about the people and people individually make their decisions. Um, it's not so much about parties where each of us really want to help people and we want to do what's, do what's best for people in the district and people in the country. And I think a lot of times and, you know, in the past, the Democratic Party has taken that message and owned it. Um, but I think there's really something to say on both sides, and it's really just about policies, right, which policies are actually going to help people more. And I think we can argue that. And I think that the, you know, we'd see a little bit of a closer and, you know, maybe some people even agree more with the Republican side, um, you know, when it comes to policies, but just the messaging in terms of helping other people um, really hasn't been brought out from the Republican Party. And that's really, at the end of the day, you know, what policy writing is about. But you, who does the fact... Would you call yourself a, a Trump Republican? No, I think, you know, the Republican Party is the Republican Party. It's the party of freedom, um, you know, and that's that's really kind of our foundation. And that's always what we uh, go back to and what we fight for. You know, politicians come in and out. But at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, it's about the policies and it's about what your party's core is. So that's a, that's a complicated and one. What, because what, how do you what have... is your party's core? Our party, the Republican Party is about freedom, right? It's about, um, you know, the, I, I think we've... The party of Washington and, you know, the party we have now, things have changed. Um, and so, you know, how that is defined can be a little bit different depending on, um, you know, what, what really what technical policies we're talking about. But at the end of the day, we always want to empower the individual, um, right, help the individual live the American dream and have the least government involvement possible. Well, on your website, you talk about fund, adequately funding border security. And that sounds to me like supporting Trump's wall between the U.S. and Mexico. And so I'd like to ask, you, you, you do think that we should be spending all those billions of dollars when we're fighting a coronavirus on a wall that will probably prove as porous as every other wall that's ever existed on that border? I think the coronavirus is the perfect example of why we need security, right? I, I you know, there's a lot of rhetoric that goes around about the Hispanic community and, you know, coming 
coming from Rockland County and coming from the town of Rampo, we have a significant Hispanic community here. And, you know, they grew up next door to them and they're really good people. You know, in, in my mind, I actually think they're Republicans. You know, they're all very family centered. Uh, many of them are religious and they're really good people. And, you know, I think there's a lot of negative just wrong rhetoric that's been going around about that group. But I think, you know, national security is always a good thing, whether it's, you know, protecting us from uh, coronavirus in China or correcting us, uh, protecting us from, um, you know, uh, terrorists in the Middle East and, you know, 9-11 happening. It's at the end of the day, we need to make sure that we have a watch on who's coming in and who's going out. Right. I think we need to, um, basically just make sure that people in this country are protected. Charlie or Dina? Yeah, if I, if I, you know, what I'd like to ask you about terrorism, you know, the statistics prove that there are more terroristic terrorism incidents committed by homegrown white supremacists as opposed to the alleged terrorists that are coming across the border. So how would you address that? I mean, to, to be very specific, there's a group called Europa Identity, I believe it's Europa Identity, which has posted several stickers all over Westchester and Rockland County that are anti-Semitic and uh, anti-Black and anti-Hispanic. So how would you address, how would you address that uh, compared to the, the border control? Yeah, I, I think there are two different ways to address it, right? When you have a kid in your family who's acting out versus a neighbor or someone in the community who's acting out, right? There, there's just different ways to go about it. And I don't think, um, you know, I, I don't think one one policy would uh, would solve both. I think they're two different things. Um, but I think there's, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of hatred uh, in this country. And, you know, I mean, in terms of even just in terms of anti-Semitism, right? The uh, the machete attack, the man who was stabbed recently passed away. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of hatred in this country, and being from such a district where we really care about people and we don't hate anyone. You know, Democrat Republican, we really don't hate anyone. Um, it and I think what community? Wait, 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 wait. What community are you talking about? Doesn't hate. I I. And maybe it's just a personal opinion of, me, of mine. I believe that that most of the uh, most of the average re- resident in the district doesn't hate the their neighbor or the next person. Well, you could fool me with how the, some of the local school boards have acted with non-Hasidic children. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, but yeah, you know, I think so, so. I think there is a lot of hate in this country, and you know, there's a lot of hate on the federal level. There's hate on the local level as well. Um, and it's something we really need to figure out and uh, solve. You know, I personally think there's not uh, enough, fully enough information about how to solve that, right? We think that, um, you know, anti-Semitic rhetoric from Elon Omar and AOC, um, you know, create a certain, uh, you know, environment in this country. And we may be right, um, but I think we need to do more about it and have more data and to be able to solve it efficiently and effectively. So Yehuda, I want to go back to sorry, something. Go ahead, no, no, I wanted to go back to something uh, that you said to Peter earlier. Um, you're not a Trump Republican. I, I need to understand that a little bit more. I mean, I don't. You, you, you know, not, I, you, but you were nominated. I, I, I'm a Republican, right? I don't. Um, I, 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 I happen to. I agree with Trump's policies, right? There's a difference between. Um, kind of labeling yourself with a person, and that's kind of where what I explained where I was going with that. 
Um, you know, I don't I don't label myself with a certain politician, right? I wouldn't say I'm a, you know, whatever Republican. I think the Republican Party is the Republican Party. Um, and I think Trump has done a phenomenal job, um, you know, taking a lot of those um, core beliefs and foundations and um, helping the country um, kind of get that, get that forward and help people with those policies in place. Um, but I think that the, you know, putting, uh, saying I'm someone, whereas, you know, I'm, I'm a Republican, right? It's, it's the, it's the Republican party that, that drives my policy decisions. Well, you were nominated, you were nominated in a GOP convention. Uh, you got the endorsement of the Rockland, uh, Republican party. My understanding, I don't know about Westchester. Maybe you can tell us, uh, my understanding is you also have a conservative party endorsement. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you have it. There's 329,000 people in Rockland County. Uh, probably a third of them are Republicans. You're going to have to reach across if you want to win. Just basic math. How do you do it? Yeah, um, definitely. I think, you know, kind of being unique and being a millennial um, definitely uh, gives me that perspective, right? I'm not um, – I, I think there's kind of different ways of the Republican Party, um, whereas the millennial generation were more um, – kind of, I don't want to say open-minded, but, you know, we're more understanding of, you know, the different people, the different cultures, um, kind of in current current events, and I think we're more in tune to that, and we don't have those same biases that people from, uh, you know, who lived through previous generations do, and I think that's an advantage, um, you know, seeing that diversity and appreciating that diversity. I was actually the chairwoman of diversity and inclusion. Said, I don't think what you just said is I, I hate to, I, I hate to argue <laughs> this this directly, but nah, I think what you just said is is completely one hundred percent wrong. Ardina and I now Charlie's younger than us. We come from a generation where we broke down barriers. We come from a generation where many of us, I would say most of us, at least in this part of the world, believed in equality for everybody. We've been much more inclusive than generations that have come after us. I, I don't agree with that. Oh, that's perception. definitely, oh, yeah. And I think, I think you know, the previous generation that's what you just, a phenomenal wait, wait, That's now. what you just said. No, but I think we live in a generation, right? And, and, and I stand by what I said. I think we live in a generation, and, you know, um, that's just, that's, that's more inclusive. And I'd actually question you to, to ask how you think this generation is not more inclusive than the previous ones. Well, it seems that your generation is much more self-absorbed than our generation was. I mean, we looked to the outside to try to help figure out how to help change things. We, we, we had protests. We demanded change. We got rid of a president who was a racist son of a gun in, in Nixon and corrupt as can be. Uh, we elected an African-American president. And I would say that we did that more. The millennials were little children when we did that, or, or, or teenagers when we did that. So I don't. Your generation likes to go to brunch, and they're very um, caught up in having a, a lifestyle rather than a life. In well, my opinion, now it, my daughter is a millennial. Yeah, Peter. I mean, well, so listen. All right, let me let me kind of come down the middle here. I, I think maybe you're both painting in broad strokes a little bit. There are plenty of young people <laughs> yeah. that work hard. Uh, there are older sure people. There, there are older people that have the whole variety of different views. So I, I don't know. I don't want to oversteer on 
um, age okay. as a criteria for voting for somebody. Um, uh, I think that uh, Yehudis's interesting proposition is, yes, she is uh, by a significant margin a younger person relative to the other people in the race. Um, but I don't understand what makes that a reason to vote for you. And, and, and I, I want to open up a chance for you to explain that one more time. Yeah, um, you know, I, I don't think age, um, you know, age is a factor. And, um, you know, you can kind of uh, go back to what, um, you know, Reagan said, I guess, just the other way around. Um, you know, I, I don't think age is a factor to vote for anyone, right? I think it's their policy positions. Right. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's do you believe in their policy positions? Do you believe they'll fight for you? And do you believe they'll represent you in Congress? So you've got, okay. you've got, you've got a... Um... A party behind you, the Republican Party, the Conservative Party. Uh, I need to hear from you what what is it about that agenda that is going to be good for Rockland and Westchester and the 17th Congressional District? You know, I think there's a lot of values that we hold. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people in this district are are hard workers, right? And you know, they they don't want to see the government take a big chunk of their paycheck and you know, not budgeted with uh, with the respect and care that they would give their own budget. You notice, um, let me ask it. A, let know, me ask it. Let me ask it a different way. What's going to make a Democrat in your district vote for you? You're going to need them. You can't win without them. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I think that the. I guess it's up to the average Democrat, right? Um, there are a lot of independents in this district. Um, right. There are a lot of people who voted Republican and then voted Democrat. Um, you know, you kind of, um, if you look at the voter registration, you'd see a lot of independents. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, um, you know, I mean, we've seen Democrats flip over, right? We've seen Democrats flip over on certain issues. And I think that's really up to the voter. I want to talk about, I want to talk about the the budget and I want to talk about what you would do in a hypothetical situation. Right now you have the coronavirus. And a lot of people have been, have gotten laid off. So presumably, if you would win, you're going to inherit a constituency, many of whom are going to be unemployed. Now, unemployment is going to is going to is going to need a lot of social action, uh, health care, um, uh, income, the whole nine yards. Perhaps even even uh, you're going to have a lot of people that might that could possibly be homeless due, due to evictions. So this has been historically the Democratic agenda. So as a Republican, how would you help your constituents in the coronavirus aftermath? Yeah, and I love that this is now a bipartisan issue with the CARES Act and the relief bill, uh, you know, which is which is also called the relief bill. They, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things where in a crisis, this is, this is what we come together for. This is what we need to do, you know, and I agree with you when, you know, it's, it's, some people may call it a necessary evil. It's one of those things where it's it's a crisis. We have to look at the situation at hand, and this is nobody's fault, and a lot of people are out of jobs, and we have to make sure that everyone's taken care of. And but that the whole point is, how do you do that? I mean, you're talking about a Republican agenda, which has not been which has not been very altruistic as far as the working person is concerned. So how do you remedy that? How do you apply a Republican agenda to basically middle to lower income people who will not have jobs, who will not have health care come, uh, come uh, the end of this virus cycle. 
Yeah, and I think if you've taken a look at the uh, uh, CARES Act, which you know is a bipartisan legislation, and um, the the Republican Party, you know, completely supported it, and it's it's really kind of you know those things that traditionally you would I, I imagine you're talking about where you know Republicans don't necessarily support uh, you know handing out money or um, you know other programs like that. Uh, that Republicans got behind, right? Because it's a time of crisis, and at the end of the day, it's really just about common sense, right? It's about when 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 you're in a crisis, when you know we're looking at the situation and the people in the district need our help, and it's our job to protect them and help them. Yeah, and I think people on both sides are able to see that it come together. Yeah, I'm going to need some convincing that the CARES Act actually cares because I actually read some of it, and it looks to me like if you're a small business owner. Basically, the government is telling you to keep paying your people and you will get a tax credit over a long period of time into the future to compensate for what you paid them during the period of time in which your business was closed or you had no revenue whatsoever, which effectively could put most businesses out of business. I also went yeah, to, you know, I, no, no, here's another little anecdote for you. I think that the CARES Act is rubbish and it's probably not helping anybody. Because I went to uh, the website for a couple of different SBA lenders, and I saw at Chase.com, there was a sign on the website that said, don't call us about the CARES Act, don't send us any information, don't go to a branch, no one can help you. Did Chase really say that? Yes. Wow. So, you know, maybe it's going to take them time to roll it out. But Steve Mnuchin sat up there and said, oh, we're going to provide assistance to everybody immediately, like tomorrow. It's not available, folks. So I, 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 I'm going to need some convincing. I got a specific question for you on a Rockland County issue related to coronavirus. So there has been a problem reported widely that uh, people are still uh, meeting in large groups in Rockland County. There's been some very visible uh, situations. There was a, a funeral that you alluded to earlier uh, for Joseph Newman. People were gathering. Uh, there are funerals taking place. There are other gatherings where people are clearly not abiding by the social distancing recommendations. Um, the governor on March 27th signed an executive order that would allow places like Rockland to use uh, building code violations if a venue is used for gatherings, do you think that Ed Day should enforce that in Rockland? So let me actually, you know, I mean, I've obviously been in isolation, you know, so I haven't been all over Rockland. Um, but I do know a number of people that unfortunately have passed away. And, you know, I've called them up and asked them about, you know, I've been hearing a lot of things going on. What's the story with these funerals, right? Are, are you really getting together 10, 20, you know, 30 people uh, for a funeral? And... You know, I, I can't speak for everyone. I don't know every funeral home in Rockland, but um, you know, within that community, one of the big uh, um, cemeteries, they have a policy that um, I believe only eight people are allowed in um, to to the burial site, and they all have to be uh, standing apart from each other. And usually, you know, it's the spouse and um, you know the kids and their uh, spouses, and um, you know, and, and nobody else is allowed in. So, you know, they may have a bigger family, they may have grandkids or whatever the case may be. Um, I think there's, uh, there are a lot of people that are, um, you know, following social distancing protocols <laughs> and, um, you know, really staying inside. Um, it was actually interesting. The, it's kind of, 
you know, a lot of um, different areas, and, you know, it's different for every area, but there's food deliveries that a lot of people are relying on now, right? And I think that's been a really big help for people to stay inside. A lot of the um, groceries and restaurants here haven't been set up for that. Um, So, you know, drive-throughs and deliveries, and now this huge load coming on, uh, a lot of people are having, a lot of uh, businesses are having trouble shouldering that. And so people have had to um, come out just because there's no other way to get groceries. Um, So that I have heard, um, you know, that is an issue. I think it's just something we weren't expecting. Um, I can't speak for everyone um, in the district. We do try, as a campaign, we do try to get people to stay inside. And we've been uh, calling people, urging them to stay inside, um, you know, and if there's something that they don't need to go out for, you know, to to not go out for, or maybe, you know, see if maybe you can wait a day or two for delivery. Right. Um, so as a campaign, that's what we've been doing, you know, okay. to try to help out. Okay. Um, well, that's, but if people aren't following, that, that, it's definitely an issue. So, so that's that's your impact on your campaign. But there there are, in, in Rockland and uh, other places, there are places that are still being used for gatherings, and they're quite visible. I mean, we've seen it on television. Awesome. And the question awesome. is, is it... it is it time to start levying building code violations, Eunice? You know, I spoke, I, I literally just got off the phone with someone about like a half hour before this call. Um, and I was actually asking them about that, you know, like um, what's going on with, um, you know, all these gatherings that we're seeing. Um, and they're, I'm sure you understand, you know, the media puts out something and it's really not majority. And I'm sure you already understand that part. Um, but there no, was actually no, a no, 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 I'm sorry. I don't, un- I don't understand what you're talking about. What do you mean? Okay, so these, these uh, gatherings are not, you know, it's not majority of the communities. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, very, it's a, it's very a, It doesn't matter. It does, but it doesn't um, matter whether it's, but you notice it doesn't matter whether and it's the, the majority right, and of the, the community. Right, I understand. And the, the, uh, but the talks, so, you know, it's, it's much easier when it's less people, right? right. And there have been talks between the uh, governments and community leaders where uh, I believe from what I've heard, they've uh, just come to an agreement, um, you know, and an understanding um, today, I believe, and to, um, you know, to, to shut down all the other, uh, any other areas that were open. Um, but, you know, the but this is going on, but, but forgive me for interrupting you. This is going on for the last, for the last three weeks since since the since the virus started to spike, and people have been aware via the synagogues, via the churches, via the mosques that you cannot have gatherings, and people still continue to do it. So I mean, discussion, discussion, discussion is great, but at the same time, people are imperiling not only their lives but the lives of others. That's it. So what 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 do you what do you, I mean, you can discuss it until the cows come home. But in the meantime, I mean, this in the middle of the epidemic, people are not adhering to the guidelines. Right. I understand. So what and would I, you I, I do as a congressperson to say, no, you cannot do that. You cannot go to these funerals. You cannot have these funerals. You must adhere to the guidelines. Yeah, I think, you know, I think talks should have started earlier, and I think talks should have also catered to different communities. Um, you know, a lot of the guidelines just didn't reach the community as early as it reached other areas. Um, and so, you know, yeah, Otis, I'm, so, I'm sorry to interrupt you with your answer, but let, let's just break it down to, to really brass tacks here. The issues with the Hasidic community in Rockland County and in parts of Brooklyn are that they, the, the communities take their directives 
from the Rebbe. They take their directives from the senior leadership of whatever sect they are a part of. And the government has always taken a back seat. And, and one of the reasons uh, why I think you probably have a chance is if the entire block vote goes to you. If you get the block vote in Rockland County, you have a legitimate chance to win. And if, if the Ravenet up in Rockland County, the, the Satmar, um, decide that you're their candidate, that gives you complete legitimacy. However, at the same time, it, they don't legitimize governments the way they do the Rebbe. And that's a major problem when it comes to uh, things outside of your community like this virus. And I'd like you to address that if possible. So I'm not actually from the Hasidic community, right? There's I, there's like a I understand difference that. between the Orthodox and Hasidic community. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's it's about working together. You know, that's that's really what it is at the end of the day, right? They, I, I don't think, you know, getting a certain group not to listen to their rabbi is, you know, feasible or the right thing to do, right? Everyone has the right to listen to, you know, who they want to listen to. But I think, you know, working within that and, you know, being able to work together and really getting everyone on board so that when we have a crisis like this, we can put, push out a plan and immediately have action. Let, let me know. Let me please, please tell me where that has happened in the past 10 years in Rockland County with, think, with, with, with the religious Jewish community. Give me, give me one or two examples where that has proliferated because I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it has. But I think it has. I think it's My grandfather. I think it has to happen, right? I think I think that would that would that would be a positive thing that we can see in the district. Um, you know, I think that's if we want to work together and if we want to really, in times like these, make sure that everyone's safe and everyone gets the message and is working together. I think that's something we need to do. Yeah, the only thing I would can add. I, can I change? The only thing I would add to Go that. Ahead, the only thing I would add to that. Uh, Peter and Yehudis, is that we are in the midst of a global pandemic. So whether people are uh, getting their guidance from the Eyewitness News or um, a religious leader or from their own inside their head and their own personal accountability, regardless, we have got a vicious global pandemic, an extremely contagious disease that is killing people in significant numbers in New York State. Yeah. It is transmitted from human to human. And every credible authority has said you have to maintain a social distance of six feet from every other person. And if people refuse to do that, they are placing themselves and thousands of others at risk. So I'm going to come yeah, back. No, to, I completely I'm go, agree with so you. I'm and going I think to come in. Minorities everywhere. This is know, the most. Calling out a certain group. Right. I think there's really, you know, there's people, unfortunately, everywhere who haven't been listening, and I think we need to make sure that everyone does. Because you're right, this is a global pandemic. Right. It's so serious. So if you believe that, then this is the most fundamental value of government, which is you have to govern. Govern means to stop. Right. What is a exactly. governor? A governor stop. A governor stops things. And so I go back to my original, you know, sparking question here, which is, should executive order uh, from March 27th be invoked 
and use building code violations to stop people from congregating, uh, I'm going to answer it for myself. The answer is yes. So I just got to get that, get, get, get that off my chest. I think that's what needs to happen in Rockland and any place else where people are still getting together uh, in, in, in large groups and, uh, and standing less than six feet apart. It's absolutely dangerous to do that. So, uh, alrighty. Well, listen, we've been, uh, yeah, no, I think we definitely need to ensure that everyone has, um, you know, keeps, keeps social distancing and it really, really is serious. I mean, I know a number of people who've been close to me who have passed away, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's really, really a concern. I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, Yehudas, tell us a little bit about, um, how people can get in touch with your campaign if they're interested in knowing more. Yeah, so you can go to yehudasforcongress.com, uh, Y-E-H-U-D-I-S for congress.com. Um, and, you know, you can email us at yehudas at yehudasforcongress.com and check out our social media. And, you know, if you have any questions, definitely reach out. Well, on behalf of Peter and Ardina and myself, thank you for being our guest today on Westchester Eye on the Radio podcast. Um, Ardina, thank you for having me. Ardina, Peter, did you have any other uh, capstone statements, comments, questions? No, I I I have uh, spoken my 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 piece. So Peter, I will defer to you. Um, I I I, I want to thank you also for being on our air. I think that you took some tough questions. You sort of answered them as best as you could. Um, I think you're going to have a tough road ahead of you, uh, because of lack of name recognition. And I don't know how much fundraising you you've done. But I haven't seen ads from you, and uh, I'm I'm curious in the final analysis of how you're going to get the word out. Yeah, well, we definitely have a campaign team working on that, um, you know. And I mean, I guess you guys will see. You know, right. it's it's an exciting road ahead. There you have it. Alrighty, Peter. So we're going to sign okay, off. Thank you guys very much. All right, we appreciate okay, it. Thank you, Yehudas. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe.